0: okay uh welcome everybody to episode 141 of uh, extinctionati and uh, the technical things are a bit glitchy today but we will try and we we thought about um talking a little bit about le france and uh, the revolutionary uh, people in the streets of uh, paris and um I understand, Katrina, that you have been uh, checking that out a bit.
1: Um, I I mean, I haven't been following it closely, but it it seems um, as intense as the Yellow Vest protests back in 2018. Um, Yeah. And what's interesting about France, you know, compared to Germany, is they are they're suffering more with the energy crisis than is Germany. So, um, they could also be upset about that, but this, this strike is mainly about the retirement age being moved from 62 to 64. Um, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm here. I'm the ma- mainstream media is showing that it, it's the number of protests are in the thousands, but I'm hearing that it's actually in the millions all yeah. the millions in i don't know i know it's happening all across france but P- paris is like where it's really in t- getting intense and it's getting um it's 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 getting violent very violent you know and there's a lot of um fires going on you know uh have you seen the images the videos yeah i saw
0: something from uh, rt uh, yesterday but uh just uh you know just the images i not uh and not the videos yet uh but but uh i guess rt because they you know they 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 are the east and we are the west right so so rt uh will not be censoring what is happening in the streets in western europe you know but but uh, our own governments and media will censor it because we want uh, everything to be uh pitchy clean and nice and the only bad thing is Putin and Russia right so
1: of course yeah, yeah yeah I mean yeah no but it's interesting because I think that this is you know and you see a lot of young people on the streets which is interesting you know you would th- you know it you would think it's o- older people because it's a pension age but a lot of young people and um um And it's also, but I really think that a lot of this has to do with the energy crisis and inflation.
0: Yeah, I think also
1: because of just you know it it, it's a very specific demand. But I think I think France is hurting more. I'm, you know, they've had to. I've heard like the energy crunch there is really bad.
0: Yeah, I think also it's uh, it's kind of related to the fact that. Many of these uh, European countries uh, have already uh, had a, a big uh, downsizing of their uh, welfare state and social uh, programs. Uh, oh wow! I didn't know so, that. So, so yeah, as American, you you probably don't know that, and and many most Europeans don't know it either. But it's like uh, country after country. They severely downsize the uh, the state or the government and uh, and what they do to keep people alive, basically, you know, health health services and everything. And uh, they, I would imagine, that the governments will, will just use whatever crisis there is as a as a reason, you know, as a as an opportunity to, to do the downsize because it's it's like. You don't have to be a genius to understand that they're going to do this in country after country, from from um, from Spain to uh, to Latvia, right? Uh, oh
1: right, yeah.
0: Everything is going the way of uh, of Greece, and many people are saying that Greece was kind of the um, uh, what do you call it, the canary in the in the coal mine, the country, or or yeah. the or the uh, test bunny. Um, for what they're going to do in in, in all of Europe. And uh, yeah, so basically, you know, stripping away society and leaving it with uh, raw competition, I guess. While other countries, of course, go the opposite way and give people, if not free weed, then legal weed, uh, and uh, also go into, um, what do you call that, uh, citizen payment, like Canada. You know, they're going into uh what's the term for that you know, oh i know give, what
1: you're talking about um give
0: uh give every citizen some allowance uh whether or not they work um
1: yeah yeah i, 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 what I know what you're yet. talking about i just can't remember yeah. the name of that yeah. yeah yeah what's interesting though about france is i was listening have you heard of J- uh, jeremy grantham he's a billionaire no
0: no no um
1: he was he was Talking, it was in a chat a, a couple of like a, about a six months ago or something, and he was talking about how um, how in the U.S. the uh, worker participation right now is incredibly low, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we we're just we're exhausted. We, we don't have all the the benefits that European that Western Europeans have. And he was saying that, you know, and I've, and I've understood this, France is when it, you know, France, it's part of their culture to protest. And, yeah, yeah. um, back in, from 1970, he was, he was giving some, um, some, some numbers where the French from 1970 were able to, um, ensure that their salaries went up by 150%. Um, and then Germany was about a hundred percent because, you know, they, they all strong unions protesting, uh, UK, I think it was something like between, um, I think it was 60 to 80%. While in the U S, uh, salaries have only risen about 10 to 20% because the, um, the top, you know, the, the, the top percentage of 1%, has reaped all the benefits from improved efficiency. They've taken all of that from the American worker. Mm. So, uh, so yeah. Just getting back to the French, it's gonna. It, it's interesting because the French lead. So what we're seeing in France is coming to other places, but they're they're just ahead of it because it's you know, that's that's what they do. They strike.
0: Yeah, the the latest thing I I learned about France is that the. This Macron guy, this uh, president, I can't really speak French uh, but I'm just pretending. Uh, uh, but he, he, he doesn't really have a party, you know. He doesn't have a, a regular political party uh, behind him. he's more like, more or less, just like um, a puppet from from the, the globalists or West or, uh, or whatever, uh, and. Uh, yeah, uh, so people really don't want this guy. It's more like uh, they vote for him because they won't, don't want the other guy or the other woman, uh, as the case may be in in France, um, uh, Marine Le Pen or something. Um, and I think uh, you know uh, what you said about the French uh, having a big uh, tradition for for fighting in the streets. That's re- very very real. You know, you have the Revolution and uh, actually the uh, the street design in, in Paris it's designed to be hard to barricade. You know they, they designed design these broad streets into the the central uh, plaza uh, exactly because uh, it would be harder to barricade for uh, for the people and easier to police and uh, you know send in the military or whatever to to, to clean up. Uh, riots um so that's that's quite interesting um i also think as you said it, it's it's kind of a it's both a safety valve for for uh, society but i think also it it works as inspiration for people to rise up uh, elsewhere you know you, you just had a, a huge win for the the farmer struggle in in uh, netherlands where there, heard was in about a, that. Yeah. there was an ele- election and uh, and the, the party supporting the farmer protest uh, won a lot of seats and some more or less took over power. I don't know if they took over power in the central government, but you know, it was it was a huge win for the for the farmers.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I um Macron he gave a speech um back. Did you hear about that speech that he gave, which, which is interesting because you would never think of a, you know, head of states, the only head of state that I've heard um, give like any kind of, of, you know, a speech about reality was that Finnish president that said, if we lose the Arctic, we lose the world. However, uh, Macron last year, Gave the end of abundance speech. The end of assumptions. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately, I'm I'm quoting here. It's ultimately a tipping point that we are going through that can lead our citizens to feel a lot of anxiety. Uh, faced with this, yeah, we have, but that's yeah,
0: that, that that's kind of the uh, uh, the uh, control collapse, as I call it. Uh, you know, the controlled collapse. Um, mm-hmm. We've been talking about the, that on this show uh, previously. Uh, basically, the first time I, I raised it, we kind of collectively dismissed it as as an ID uh, or said that it was likely not going on, but that was like over a year ago, I think. Uh, so the control apps is, is uh, kind of the political um, game way where they are for some reason or other i don't know why they are sort of trying to to collapse society by making energy and electricity and gas extremely expensive and also more or less voluntarily or on purpose uh, starting the war so that you have a war going you know i don't know if you have read the George Orwell's 1984, but in in that uh, fictional universe anyway, the governments of the world want to have wars going because then they can blame everything on the war and they can sort of amass the population behind their government against the other governments, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, so... uh, so the control apps, uh, I would say that you know, if I had to speculate, I would say that they're doing it as a test run. That they're doing it to as an undeclared um, test run or exercise uh, to see how they can still manage people when the real collapse comes, uh, like in a year or two. Uh,
1: I think, think the collapse is, i think the collapse is here in gail Tverberg in in her in her recent post is, is saying that basically um she she thinks it's here and it, it could be as quick as a few years the, the whole collapse um just because we are really we have run out of cheap fossil fuels and um she says that that's probably why there's these wars breaking out everywhere and um, countries are going to have to um, trade more regionally because there won't be um, enough energy for uh, for you know for global globalization, um, yeah. and it it this is going to hurt the U.S. a lot um, because I mean sorry that I'm mentioning U.S. but she she's from here and so she kind of. Um, She kind of caters her articles to the U.S., you know, U.S. and Canada. Um, She said that because, you know, we're not going to get all the the products from Asia because and that's going to really hurt our standard of living. It's going to go down by, you know, a lot um, because we're not we're just not going to be able to afford the the transportation cost to get those products. And it's interesting, though, what's happening with bricks and, um, you know, Russia, you've got Saudi Arabia. I mean, they've got, they've got the crude oil. They've got the really good stuff. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we don't here in the U S we don't have the, the high quality, the high quality oil. Um, we don't have that golden stuff that Saudi Arabia has, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. very, the, the kind of oil that has, you know, more. Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, but
0: but uh, just about the, the the collapse that you mentioned, uh, you know. I I agree with uh, with uh, Twerberg, uh, and uh, uh, our group also agrees that uh, the collapse is already. You know, it, it's it's here already uh, in a way. You know. But uh, it has, you know, different stages. Uh, we, joked yeah. about, we joked about the soup stage uh, <laughs> some months ago when, when there was an, an action at an art gallery where Extinction Rebellion threw soup at the, at the paintings. Um, but uh, I, when, when, I, when I tried to figure out uh, some kind of hard milestones for the collapse a couple of years ago, I thought about uh, international trade, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, when when you stop getting stuff from Asia, uh, from shipping from from East Asia to America and to Europe, when, when international trade, uh, you know, shipping and stuff breaks down, uh, that's kind of a very hard milestone on the way to complete societal collapse, right? Uh, but but it you know it might also be, it might also be a, a sensible Um, stage on a sensible government's, uh, world government's uh, way to a more ecological society, because, you know, if if America, if North North America was self-sufficient, you know, with food and energy and stuff, uh, and uh, and Europe was, uh, less international trade would actually be... uh, you know, in a completely different world, which was uh, not insane, would, would actually be um, one of the things that you would do, and uh, and, and just to transport things uh, less around. You know. Uh,
1: oh, of course, and that's already. Yeah. Um, I'm already seeing um, updates. Uh, there's. I don't know if you follow. There's a really good. Uh, I call it the CNN for doomers. It's <laughs> um, it's called. What's that? <laughs> It's called climate and economy roundups. They come out frequently, and um, and so yeah, they were they were talking about. There was an article about um, that uh, shipping container. There's a lot of you know they're seeing a lot less freight being moved around. Also, another sign is universities. The enrollment uh, numbers are very are down, and mm-hmm. so so anything. Um, so now it's like, I feel like the economy is moving towards, um, on its kind of like on its own towards more necessities rather than adding complexity. Cause there's been a lot of layoffs also in, uh, Silicon Valley and a lot yeah. of, um, so, cause all of that is, is not necessary to survive. So it's interesting how you're hearing about a lot, a lot of white collar layoffs in that field, uh, because they, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, when during COVID a lot of blue collar workers lost their jobs, you know, with the lockdowns, but now in white collar workers got to, got, got a lot of perks. They got to work from, from their, you know, from their homes and stuff like that. And so now it's like the reverse blue collar workers are very much more demand right now than white collar Yeah. because yeah. white collar, those jobs are, people are not spending anymore. You know I mean, the, I'm, well, I'm, I'm talking about the Americans consumer is really struggling. And so, yeah. so I think that's why we're going to see a lot more layoffs in the white collar. That's what, what, what is anticipated.
0: Yeah. I think, I think uh, they're doing a, uh controlled limited collapse uh, uh, as a kind of a stress test you know to, g- to gain uh, experience uh, because I think at some level I think the deep state uh, in the West at least they, they know the direction we're going right uh, because you know you don't have to be a rocket science scientist to, to see where this is going uh, so I think they they're carrying out, you know, no matter what stupid uh, presidents or prime ministers are around in, in the governments uh, in, in the different countries, I think the deep state and the people, you know, the VEF or whatever, which, is, which are kind of coordinating things, uh, the Bilderbergs, uh, they have decided to do this test run uh, and, uh, and see where it breaks down and where it hurts. Uh, and uh, you know you can take you can put the the intentional state sabotage of electricity um, stations in America, the intentional blowing up of the pipeline uh, in the Baltic Sea, uh, and the intentional triggering of the war, and also the intentional lab creation of a certain. Um, of a certain disease uh, a couple of years ago, um, all of these things may fit into that uh, big picture where you're trying to uh, test shock the system uh, in order to learn how we can manage a smaller entity. Maybe you know how how uh, basically how governments can still remain uh, remain in control uh, of the people. Uh, Taking away people's liberties is not a new thing. It's not a, not a new invention. Uh, so the interesting one of the interesting things about this control collapse, uh, the way I see it, is that it, it kind of disproves and falsifies the idea that uh, Lord Hughes first uh reddit group and in, initiative uh with these, this this doomer crowd was it was about uh, having an activist initiated debt strike you know we would just stop paying our rent or paying our bills or something uh, and then we would uh, somehow magically uh, collapse the world economy I think that is, uh, for now, falsified (laughs) because, you know, we've seen this uh, two or three-year pandemic. We've seen the war where all the sanctions are not uh, hurting Russia. They're hurting us back like a boomerang. They're hurting America and Europe. Uh, uh, All of these things that are mega, mega shocks to the economy. So it, 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 I think it proves that the economy is more uh, was at least more resilient uh, than than some activists uh, imagined. Uh, you can't just uh, you know not pay rent and 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 then, uh, make everything crash down from crashing down. Uh, it's resilient in a lot of ways. I think even the the emerging bank collapse in america that would just be a kind of a passing phase i don't think it will bring everything else down with it or how do you view that from america
1: oh you know i i i okay so i i'm i used to think the way you did about all this being planned because i'm thinking i i, I try to you know i have a very I'm one of those people that I like to plan. I like to anticipate, but after reading the book denial about how the humans were, we're wired for, to, to delude ourselves after reading that. And also just watching what's been happening in the last couple of years, I just get the sense that we are, um, we're just, we were just delusional and, and I think with what's happened with um with Russia, you know, the war between with what's going on with Russia is it and is our, our greatest fear was was that uh Russia and Germany would unite. Mm-hmm. And um so we're kind of like an empire that's crashing, um and it kind of reminds me of Hitler and his bunker, you know, how they continued fighting even after, you know, toward, till the end, Mm -hmm. um, thinking that, you know, that there might be a chance that they could win. That's how I see the people in charge right now. They're completely delusional. um, And, and I, I, I really think we, we are, um, we are, we are being run with people who are not rational. And um, I feel like China and, and even though, you know, I disagree a lot with, you know, uh, it's not that I'm pro Russia or pro China. I just think they're the rational people here, you know? (laughs) And, um, and I, I'm scared for, for what the people who are leading us Um, here in the U S and also in Europe, how they're just complying um with what the. US is telling them to do and but I used to think like you like all this is planned but I I really think we're just we're um we're being let off a cliff
0: um, yeah uh, let, let me let me modify a bit yeah. maybe uh, um, you know uh, you know at least uh, the the only thing I'm saying is is planned is kind of this uh, this control collapse situation you know right now uh so, uh, I want to go back to uh, a gentleman called Sam Mitchell, which I'm sure you, you oh, are yeah. familiar with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's the um, hand bone character uh, of, of YouTube for over a decade. I think he's he's been going since uh, 2013 uh, or even before. Uh, I started watching him a decade ago. Anyway, um, so. Uh, Why did I mention him? Can I remember that? Um, Yeah, yeah, he's been saying for the past two years. He's been saying that uh, he, you know, when he starts his shows, he says, "I'm not going to talk about the diversion from the diversion from the diversion from the collapse." Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, so he's been talking about, um, you know, wars and uh, the pandemic and stuff as Uh, diversions Um, and and then he means that they want us to worry about and talk about these things instead of the real thing right Um, and the real thing at least the way I see it and of course uh, I'm I'm in this uh, this doomer sphere uh, even though I call myself a a post-doomer or beyond the doomer uh, because I see something positive on the other side, I think there is light in the, how, at the end about, of the tunnel.
1: How about I, I call myself an optimistic doomer? How about that?
0: Yeah, that's that's kind optimistic of the same <laughs> thing. You know, the verse, the the verse are not the most important thing. Is right. it? it's, not, it's not. It's not a brand. you are not selling people <laughs> sneakers with our brand on it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, but I think it's interesting to, to to look at look at it through Sam's uh, lens there that. I think, this is what I think, I think that um, these deep states or the actual grown-ups in the room, in the deep state, in the governments, who are kind of behind the scenes, uh, who actually have brains uh, to think with, uh, and by that I mean not the politicians, Um, they know uh, the way this is going, as I already mentioned, I think they're doing a control run, collapse just to to see how uh, how they're going to do things when it uh, when it collapses on collapses on its own. It is already collapsing, but they're kind of speeding it up for some reason or other. Uh, I think it's. The oh, game I experience. see what you mean.
1: Speeding. I see what you mean, like speeding it up. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: I, accelerating it. But but yeah. I think it's it's kind of a test run phase by now. to, to Gain experience and see how many more people do we need here and here and here to do these things when, when things break down, uh, uh, maybe because of riots or whatever in the future. So they're kind of uh, um, wargaming it in a real uh, life exercise. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to piece together my thoughts here. Um, I think that they they know which way it's going. And one of the things that they are wargaming is they don't want us to know. They don't want uh, the, the larger population to know. And because they don't want us to know that due to climate slash ecological stuff, all of this uh, human society built up over 15,000 years uh, is going to come crashing down very, very soon. They can't have everybody... In society, running around knowing this, because some people would just go local and uh, break into government buildings and
1: and and, uh, and, Torstein, and just to and, add and,
0: and stores yeah
1: yeah Torstein just to add it's not just ecological and climate it's also we run out of cheap fossil fuels and yeah, yeah. the reason why we have eight eight billion people on this planet is because of cheap fossil fuels so it's going to be I mean how are we going to feed ourselves. Now that we're running out of cheap fossil fuels. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, how, how, I don't know how much, yeah, we're, we're, those, those three things, ecological energy and climate. Yeah. yeah. Energy is a big part of that.
0: Yeah. uh, You know, we started talking about France and and, uh, I'm not sure everybody knows, but but, uh, uh, here in Europe, France is uh, famous for having a very large percentage of its electricity done by uh, nuclear uh, power plants, right? So, so there are some non-fossil uh, ways to, ge- to generate uh, electricity, um, which which might, you know, take us like fifty years more into the future, energy-wise, anyway. Um, well, we'll you know, they're, the- having,
1: they're having problems with their nuclear power plants.
0: Yeah, why, and- why is that? Why is that?
1: Like, do you, maybe I, have, should I check? Should I check to see what's going on? I don't, I don't know the details, but another, another issue is, um, is they have, oh, but that, that brings in climate. I don't want to mix up things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're, it seems like Europe is heating much quicker than other parts of the world, and it could be because they've lost their, they've lost aerosol. You know, there's not a, they've cleaned up they've cleaned up their emissions, yeah. and um, they don't have enough aerosols um, in the atmosphere. Um, so I, I have a feel, but that you know I'm I sorry. Let I'm changing the subject here. Let's go back to the nuclear pl- plants.
0: <laughs> no, but, no, but no, but you're right. Uh, one of the things that, and I'm I'm totally against nuclear uh, energy. Uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, but but just uh, when it comes to you know local pollution, when everything is running and is not uh, breaking up or exploding or being bombed by anyone uh, or melting down, uh, then. I, it's much less uh, pollution and exhaust. Uh, so, so uh, actually, we, in Europe, we have all kinds of problems uh, on the back end of cleaning things up. You know, yeah. Germ- Germany cleaned up its rivers, and then they were invaded by uh, all kinds of plants and stuff uh, that came by the shipping from from Asia, which went up the the uh, german rivers uh, mm-hmm. and infested everything with this invasive species and oh, wow. all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that happened as a consequence of being green and and sensible and and cleaning stuff up and making it less toxic and polluted so you know it's a, it's a complicated thing it's not wrong to clean things up but but you know things happen that are unforeseen and uh, the same thing with cleaning up the air and cleaning up the exhaust fuels um, fumes and uh, coal industry and stuff. All of a sudden, it gets warmer because uh, the air is cleaner. Uh, and actually, one of the biggest shocks when you come to Greenland is, is how extremely hot it gets in the sun up here. Yeah. It may be it may be five degrees on the five degrees Celsius on the uh, thermometer. But if you're sitting down on the beach in five degrees and the sun is shining, oh, my God, it feels like 20, 32 degrees uh, because there is no pollution in the air. It's all perfectly clean as, as clean as you get on, on this planet. So when it's shining, it's really shining and it's really heating, heating your skin. On the yeah. Planet.
1: Oh, yeah. I think I think with the nuclear power plants, I th- don't I can't rem- please fact check me on this, but but we're having—it's. I think it's difficult now to get part. You know, we're losing com- because we're running out of cheap fossil fuels. We're um, we are losing complexity, um, and and also we're running out of resources. So parts are are hard to get, and I think mm. some of these power plants might be older or and difficult to get certain keep them maintained. I think it's something to do with that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so um, I feel that um, they are, uh, you know, the the um, the the guys in government who are planning all of these diversions. They are trying to uh, take people's minds away from the actual crisis, uh, from the fact that you can only go this many years into the future with the topsoil that we have for for uh, growing food and uh, having agriculture and uh, we can only go so many years before all the sea ice is gone and you will have methane outbursts in in the arctic Uh, those are kind of uh, the real hard um Milestones that we can see in the future, and there's no going uh, around it because these are based on tipping points that already came and went uh, that I, in our past, uh, and they they don't want regular people to to catch on to that uh, because that has all kinds of uh, unforeseen uh, or untowards consequences for the glue of society which is uh, optimism and trust and uh, yeah things can only get better uh, kind of thinking Um, so yeah it's you know people people can basically only operate in two different uh, uh, modes one is the optimistic yeah, this economy is growing uh, mode and the other one is oh my god we fucked up this is just going and uh, getting worse and worse every year
1: yeah I mean we're we're wired anyway it, it's very easy to uh, calm people down because we're and even neuroscience has shown this we are wired to um, reject things we don't like we don't like mm-hmm. So we're wired already to delude ourselves, um, and so, so, in, in, in for some reason, the people in our our community were not like that. Something something is different about us where we are not afraid to look at reality, but most people are. It's it they're so afraid because it rem, you know it reminds them of their death. I guess we're not as afraid of our mortality, you know. Um, But, uh, yeah, people, people will, um, ignore what they don't want to, what they don't want to know. And they're glad to do that. So it's very easy to calm people down in that way. Um, even though they may, they may have some gut feeling, I, I'm, I'm sensing people have, they know something is wrong, but they don't, want to bring it to their conscious it's like it's in their subconscious and they want to keep it in their subconscious they don't want it in their conscious like 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 our group you know like our community um mm. so it's interesting how how different we we are um to most people you know
0: yeah and i also think that the one of the tricks that the people have or our minds have is that if you can put a name and a person on it uh, then then you're safe you know if you can if you can reduce all the um, the coming catastrophe in the world down to one person uh, named Greta from Sweden mm-hmm. uh, and and you can somehow prove that she has uh, three cars in her garage or whatever uh, what, what the, latest, the latest rumor is on the internet if you can prove that oh no she's you know she's a total fake she's a hoax uh, then somehow you can f- fool your brain to thinking ah so this one um, teenager or a young twenties uh, lady in Sweden she's not a good person that must mean that everything is okay in the world right uh, so so basically personalizing everything, making it a a discussion about uh, a number of names, celebrities, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I I think it it, it is actually, it's exactly like you suggested that, uh, you know, because we are wired to only believe what we want to believe, you know, uh, then you can make, uh, let's call it climate denier propaganda which isn't really believable. It's not really something they believe, but it gives some kind of veneer of doubt, right? Isn't it mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, but uh, plants uh, eat CO2 or whatever, what, what the arguments are. Uh, yeah, but, you know, we've seen that if a, a tree goes faster when it's more CO2 in the room or more CO2 in its atmosphere, uh, then, uh, you know, you don't really have to believe 100% in it. But uh, as an ordinary person who is just say seeing the climate uh, problem in the rear, like in, not the rear view mirror, but in the side view, in the side vision field, mm-hmm. uh, they don't really want to go into it. And I've actually met young women who are just have this extreme fear um, reaction just to seeing a graph. They don't even know what the graph is, is is showing. They just have this visceral reaction to seeing a graph about some climate stuff in general. you know, And without even reading the headline or seeing what, what the thing is going up or down Really is they just oh my god uh, they, they they don't have any good experiences with graphs because they, they feel that graphs can only say negative things they can all only say that everything is going to shit um, so I, I think that those sort of psychological reactions to to mm-hmm. all the problems in our ages are, are interesting you know yeah like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I started learning a lot about uh, when I woke up to our, our situation in 2016, um, I, I wanted to understand why um, when I, you know, I, I couldn't talk to people about what I was seeing, you know, um, and I wanted to understand the human brain better. And that, and I ran across, uh, have you heard of Ernest Becker? He, he no, wrote... Sorry. Ernest Becker um, was a cultural anthropologist and he wrote um, a Pulitzer prize uh, book called denial of death or something like that, death denial. And he, he wrote it on his death deathbed, um, And uh, and so he, 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 so, so this guy named Sheldon Solomon, um, who basically uh, spent his whole career um, gathering empirical evidence on, on the, the theories of Ernest Becker on death denial. And um, it, it's just, it's really interesting. It, 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 he basically talks about, um, you know, there, there's a really good, I'm gonna, have you heard of Catherine Ingram The name Catherine. She did an interview of Sheldon Solomon. I'll I'll forward it to you. It's really really good. Um, I just can't. I'm my brain is not working right now, and I can't
0: give you a good. Yeah, maybe I can uh, go a little bit further because I I I, like you. You know, not in 2016, but I think in in 2013, 14, around there. uh, Slightly uh, uh, inspired by Sam Mitchell and I guess Sam Karana, Uh I, I decided to go deeper into the into this thing, right, uh, and uh, into the climate. Actually, the IPCC report that came out in 1314 uh, was a big uh, warning sign to me. Not not the way you would think. It was a warning sign because they were um, avoiding some really hard truths. They were—they were sugarcoating it in a, at a level that made me think, "What the fuck is this?" You know, uh, you know, it was so glaringly obvious to me that they were downplaying the the the, the, the size of the situation. Uh, so. What I found out that I had to do was that number one, i don't I can't trust anyone, any politician or uh, media outlet uh, because it's it's the editors in the media that uh, who choose which scientists are allowed to speak, you know uh, it, it's like it's like today and it's like during the pandemic. If you disagree with Fauci you couldn't speak in the media even though you were a what do you call it a professor or a, a doctor or you know uh, uh, so so basically I found I, I can't I can trust no one I can trust nobody uh, on this climate thing uh, I would just have to go to the sources like ad fontes in Latin you know if you don't know anything you can't be sure about it, you have to go to the source directly and look at the the raw numbers. That's basically what you have to do. Uh, And so I tried that, uh, and I started looking at, you know, it felt obvious to me that I had to go look at the the sea ice uh, in the Arctic, because when, when the planet is heating and the ocean is heating, and uh, if you have ice that is floating and resting on top of the ocean uh, every year, then obviously that is going to be the first indicator to, to just melt out, basically. Uh, so, so that was my, my way of kind of verifying that there was a problem, you know, because if they're lying about everything, you, you, they could just well, just as well just make up an entire problem like a lot of people are saying. So then I verify that, okay, we have a problem. But the, the problem with that problem is that it's, it's much, much, much greater, much vaster than anyone you have heard in the media uh, are saying. And it's uh, if you are in any way uh, fluent in statistics or mathematics, it's quite easy to see that. This is uh, an effect of a tipping point that was long before we started looking into it. You know, it, mm-hmm. when, when, they, when they sent up satellites uh, from NASA and stuff and NOAA to, to monitor the sea ice, you think that was just a, a random idea they had? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think they, they sent them up because they already knew that disappearing sea ice was a problem. I think uh, it was already in a, in a downward slope uh, when they got the idea to, to have mm-hmm. an uh, ice-monitoring satellite. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, I, and I really think that uh, in 1958, when, uh, when the Keeling curve, the CO2 uh, curve from Mauna Loa in Hawaii, when that curve was uh, first published with the first kind of data, in 1958 then it already showed that the co2 situation in the atmosphere was totally out of control you know it was going up every every single year uh, which is also a uh, a product of a tipping point that we have passed right uh, so, yeah. so we were all, already unbalanced in the way that we emitted much more co2 than the planet could uh, could handle or Store away in the ocean or in the forest because otherwise it wouldn't go up and up and up and up.
1: Yeah, I I remember Lord Hugh talking about how. So it's my understanding that the climate started looking exponential back in the 1980s and the IPCC was created around 1988. And I remember Lord Hugh saying that he believed that it was created to uh, stop radicalism, environmental radicalism. Do you yeah. remember him saying that?
0: Yeah, but, but I've, I've been saying it for maybe even more years than him, so, yeah. so that is totally true. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it's it's weird. Like these stud, you know, like these studies just have been coming out about the Arctic. This recent one from Sweden. I don't know if you've heard of it but how they're they're just saying that the models are wrong for the arctic it's melting much faster and of course we have been seeing this in our community but it seems like more and more studies are coming out now that are that are you know they're they're not afraid to say it anymore i don't know why they would have been afraid um but now things are coming out more i, I don't know if you've noticed that just recently in the last months
0: yeah i think it's uh it's kind of the same thing that we I talked about earlier about these diversions. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they they want people to either fight each other because of their gender or skin color or whatever, or religion, Uh, or or they want to distract them with with all kinds of other things uh, going on, like the pension reform, the war, the electricity price.
1: But Uh, that's uh, uh, alarming, uh, though, about the Arctic. I mean, for them to actually come out, I don't, you know what I mean? Like that would add more panic.
0: Yeah, like, but but it's a, but, but they're already so distracted. We are we are already so it's a sort of. Oh, uh, I see what uh, you mean. It, 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 it's, okay. not, it's not It's not. just burning in the kitchen. The garage is burning and the living room is burning and the bedrooms are burning. Everything is burning at the same time. I got it. It's like when they... they doesn't matter they, anymore. <laughs> no, it's like when they issue a press release on Friday night. You know, they know nobody is going to cover it because everybody is going out partying and dancing and whatever people do in the, in the weekends in America.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Smoke crack or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so they have you know it's exactly what you said but they, they basically america uh whatever president they had in 1988 uh, 86 uh they they found that they, they needed this um this climate panel uh, uh you know and and they named it kind of deception deceptively uh, the intergovernmental inter- panel or climate change whatever um uh, and it's exactly like you said because you had uh, uh, let's say uh, progressive, radical uh, climate experts climate scientists who, who were not afraid to speak You know, who said that this is a huge uh, 10 story crisis we have to face it uh, now uh, uh, so in order to, to silence those people and keep pumping oil, keep selling oil keep making uh, oil and gas profits blah 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 uh, and keep people positive, uh, they had to set up this uh, basically government propaganda unit called the IPCC. Uh, because the, it's it's not an international climate panel, it's an intergovernmental climate panel. So the, the, the basically, there is not one scientist working in the IPCC. It's government uh, editing scientists who work for free. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets one one single cent or dollar for for doing science within the IPCC. It's basically a huge censorship operation where they let politicians and government heads of state uh, edit or censor uh, um, contributions from from scientists. Uh, Yeah, so so they did it to... um, to make a more conservative and calm down kind of uh, summary of the climate you know, like situation watered
1: like watered down watered, like, watered down yeah, yeah they they do like they don't you've heard of cherny right jules cherny
0: i can't remember
1: um he was hired by by um jimmy carter um mm-hmm. Because Jimmy Carter was very worried about the climate situation, and uh, they were opening up, they were opening up new um, uh, new areas for more like extra- fossil fuel extraction. I, I can't I don't remember the details, but Jimmy Car- Carter got very nervous, and he and he hired Jules Cherney to do. Um, well, like, what would happen? Basically, what would happen to temperature if we doubled CO two? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, James Hansen in his book praises Chirney's, um He calls it a Godunk, a experiment, or something like that, because it <laughs> it, it it kind of, you know. It, it's kind of thing, you know, it's, it's basically a, a model that, but, but that has been very useful, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and versus like the IPCC, they, they basically they do a good job of just showing like year to year, but not, not really looking at the whole picture and how the whole earth system works and, you know, looking at the slow feedbacks, looking at the fast feedbacks, um, and you know, looking at the whole thing as a using paleo climate records. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not explaining it right, but um, yeah. yeah but I
0: understand. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, if the reason that they are they are. Uh, issuing this uh, new new story about the new model saying it's going faster it's it's kind of just a, a point on the way from you know the the kind of uh, issuing these uh, news and these uh, alerts in a controlled way and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, gradually going faster and faster and and uh, being worse and worse as a situation and uh, most likely people could uh could have said 15 years ago that it's going to be this fast uh, that uh, this guy is saying and uh, I, i'm not sure you noticed uh but there was a seminar on the two years previous cop meeting and the climate uh, meeting uh there graduate student in, you know, what you call it, uh, uh, cryosphere or, you know, glaciology, whatever, ice science basically, uh, she said uh, as an answer to, to a question after her little lecture there, she said that, yeah, we would uh, we would have wanted to do what you suggested, but these uh, climate models I don't have any ice. There is no ice uh, in the poles in these uh, UN climate models. And, and and it felt to me like uh, a slip of the tongue that she was not supposed to say that. And I kind of thought afterwards that, yeah, she said that because she's a totally fresh student. You know, she's just, she's just passed her exam and she's not uh, yet socialized into this group of people who know that, you're supposed to just say that these models are fantastic and they can do everything. Uh, and please don't mention the fact that there is no ice modeled in the models. Uh, so so I think that's a, that's a great, huge part of why these models um, get it wrong all the time. Because if you don't have any ice, like uh, sea ice in the Arctic and stuff, then you also don't get the, what do you call this light effect, the thing that... Uh, you know, because the, the sun hits the white surface. Oh, albedo? Affects, albedo? Albedo effect, yeah all, yeah. all of these things which are really, really big. And I think um, the way I understand it anyway, they've been the, the key to, to ending and starting ice ages has been mm-hmm. these kind of small effects that, uh, oh, yeah, this little area of the Arctic maybe gets ice free just because of a storm or something and the ice blows away. And then the the sun sets in and warms up that, and maybe that, that ends the entire ice age because it's a self, you know, it it propagates the the, the changes that come for whatever reason, like a meteor uh, impact or oh yeah, the
1: so, the yeah. The reason has to do with uh, the orbit and also um, other planets tugging. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, tugging
1: Absolutely. on, yeah. Um, where where the changes of surface, you know, the the tilt and the orbit.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm aware of that, but uh, but also when when you have those uh, when you have those effects that you talk about, uh, it, it reinforces that influence when you have oh, right, these right. Uh, albedo effects on top yeah. of that, right? Uh, Sur- so,
1: surface yeah. surface like the like James Hansen in his book, he talks about. The four major uh, climate forcings are surface properties, uh, aerosols, green, greenhouse gases, and um, uh, so, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, man, solar, uh, luminous, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the amount of yeah, sun shrinks,
0: that oh, The strength of the sun? Yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, the amount, then, yeah, yeah. And then the three major, um, so surface properties, which you're talking about is, a major climate forcing. And then you've got the feedback loops, which are surface properties again. um, And then you have um, uh, water vapor and um, you have uh, clouds. So and some of those can act as both climate forcing and um, feedbacks. But yeah, surface pro- properties are that's a big deal because we never in our community we don't t- we don't talk a lot about the Arctic and the and the albedo effect because we are losing um, the Earth as a whole is losing albedo, um, you know because ice. I mean, even even though there's the ice is getting more darker, isn't it in the Arctic?
0: Yeah, so or the is well, being lost. Yeah. The place where the ice used to be is getting darker. The ice is oh, yes. just gone. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it's just a d- darker ice. Yeah, even though ice is still there, it's just getting darker.
0: Yeah, that's also that's also a thing. But the uh, but the yeah. sea the, the sea where the ice used to be is is also much darker. It's almost black. So yeah. uh, one of, one of the things I would like to, to explore, uh, you know, maybe in in coming shows uh, this spring, uh, is um, Yeah, so one of the things I would like to explore a bit in in the coming episodes is uh, kind of the core uh, thing that we base a lot of our beliefs on, you know, maybe the the climate uh, horizon in itself, uh, you know, trying to attack it or reassert uh, what you think about it um i think that that might be interesting because you know if you if you kind of if you we, if you're kind of um, building a big part of the way we see the world on the fact or belief that uh, the climate is going to make the planet unlivable then we should be able to sort of look critically on that without without needing a prompt from outsiders who attack it, you know, uh, just, just to assert, you know, what we think uh, or what we actually base it on. And I know that uh, there are other things uh, that are going bad on the planet, like uh, topsoil and uh, ecological stuff and... Uh, I can't remember exactly what you mentioned, but the thing is that uh, if you compare, if you take all of those things and, and call those the risk of nuclear war, for instance, as a, as a, as a group uh, term, and then you have a climate collapse, climate-induced collapse on, on the other side, then the way I see it, you only get a nuclear war end of civilization if everybody or some people, some few leaders are really really stupid but you, you do get a climate induced collapse of society even if people are acting uh, reasonably or, or even smart you, you get it anyway because of these, uh, uh, these these tipping points and points of no return that we already uh, crossed uh, That that's kind of the, the reason I think that the climate collapse is interesting because mm-hmm. You know, you can't avoid it. You can't be smart. You can't go to a seminar and figure it out. And you can't just uh, hire a tech billionaire just to solve it in a weekend or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one of the reasons why I'm not convinced of NTHG is because I I look at I look at the PETM. Um, mm-hmm and which happened about 55 million years ago paleocene eocene thermal max and yeah. it was it the temperatures went up almost as high as the permian which was 250 million years ago but the petm was a minor extinction event and, and so all the methane hydrate you know the methane hydrates at the time came out you know mm-hmm. um, Kind of similar to the the Permian, um, so but it was only the extinction event was only in the in the deep oceans mainly. Okay, yeah. so that's why even if the methane hydrates come out, it's really hard. It for me, it's hard to know a hundred percent. You know that that's why I, where I don't agree. Any, I used to uh, think that we're gonna go extinct. Well, I mean, we could. In the near term i mean who knows you know but i'm not it's not i'm not convinced anymore because there's just too many variables you know
0: yeah I, and i also think this is kind of a, a side vision uh, thing again because if you if you only spend uh, five minutes during a week thinking about the climate you know like most people don't mm-hmm. have time to to even think about it uh, five minutes um then then it's oh my god we're going to die you know people have mm-hmm. sort of a low resolution view of the situation uh, it's like uh it's either everything is fine or oh my god we're going to die right and then, but if, if you zoom in on it a bit and you spend a little time reading and looking into it um maybe watching documentaries or whatever you will see that it's not oh my god we're going to die it's more like this is happening these things are going to stop um, working.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the agriculture uh, thing, yeah, we did that for 12,000 years. Maybe that's stopping now. And uh, how do, how the fuck do we feed people when we don't have diesel for the tractors and we don't have topsoils for the fields and themselves? So, so these things are changing big time. And not fertil-
1: Fer- do you know that fertilizer, there's. Potash, i think it's called It was it po, there's two things of fa, uh, fertilizer i think it's potash it's only found in russia and morocco something like that does that ring a bell
0: i heard about potash but i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not a chemist specialist
1: yeah i mean to but- to be able to keep uh, this many people you know mm-hmm. it's it to, it's just unthinkable what's coming to us. I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine. I mean, if, if we really are running out of cheap fossil fuels, um, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's unthinkable. You know, um, what, what's, you know, yeah, it's crazy to even think about it.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, but then you also have a lot of. Uh cultures and people around on the planet who never went into agriculture or, or just in in very small scale like uh, like growing fruits or whatever and, and chili peppers or whatever but you know never went all into the agriculture thing and the funny thing i think is that the, a lot of these uh, kind of climate optimists who 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 are sort of in the climate movement which i believe are are sort of uh, and enlightened in some way, they go on and on about, yeah, the the first people to be hit by climate problems are the, you know, the global south, the dark-skinned people, the homosexuals, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's kind of a a dogma, which is sort of true for millions of people in, in the climate movement. And it may be all wrong. Maybe it is actually the the Germans and the Canadians and the Scandinavians who will uh, have the biggest punch in the face when this things uh, thing hits the fan, you know, because we are used to a very high standard of living, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden, no more agriculture, no more food on the table, no German cars, uh, and I and mean, it's all just running around in the forest and trying to shoot a fucking bird, right? Uh, while, while these other people in the Amazon and the Kalahari and uh, and in the Asian jungle, they've been shooting birds and hunting uh, animals and fish all their lives, all their history, all all their span uh, on on Earth in their cultures. That's what they do, right? So so, so they won't they won't be Totally flabbergasted and standing naked uh, in the forest, like someone else, will you know? Uh, it, it's like
1: but the it, only it, thing about that the, is, the, the, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: the only thing about that is the continents are heating up really fast, and mm-hmm. uh, the, you know it's getting so dangerous in certain areas with um, wet bulb temperature. So I agree with you that. When you the you know the global south the people are much more resilient than us. Um, however, they're going to have to move. They're going to have to move to a, an area. You know, I don't. It's hard to tell. But what worries me right now are the droughts and the heat in, on the continents. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's uh you know it's I think if, if you are if you're one of these cultures who, who hunt in the forests then they are kind of a self-temperated system but you if you're in the forest the canopy will you know shade shade the sun away and, yeah. and uh, uh, so as, as long as that uh, tropical forest doesn't burn down to the ground yeah uh, it, exactly. it's still a place uh, where you it will be livable. Uh, I guess, and you know, yeah. and and ba- basically, the planet, the the Earth is so diverse. It's so incredibly diverse, you know, from Greenland to Antarctica, to the Himalaya, to to the Kalahari, to Sahara, to the Amazon. It's very, very diverse, and even even the USA is extremely diverse, from the East Coast to the West Coast, and up in the Sierras and stuff, uh, and. You even have polar bears in in Alaska right so it's not like uh, the planet is one place it's it's very very uh, different and uh, and uh, y- you have lots of cultures that we don't even think about um, which are still going on and
1: we still have okay so we still have a lot of ice like if you look at the PETM, um, it was our, you know, the PTM was at a, it was in a warm period, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we're still, you know, in the ice age, um, we're still in ice ages, even though our, our greenhouse gas levels take us out of the ice age, we, that can change because if you, you know, if the populate, you know, if most of the populate, if industrial cap, um, if in industrial civilization collapses you still have all that ice inertia you know what i mean yeah so um, so so i that's another reason why i'm not convinced of nthe because yeah. you know we, we still have a lot we there's a shitload of ice on greenland and yeah. antarctica especially antarctica you know
0: yeah And, uh, you know, one of the things we we discussed earlier uh, on on the internet is like, uh, you know, if if Vikings, you know, from from my ancestry, could go to to Greenland, to Iceland and Greenland and settle Greenland 1,200 years ago or whatever, uh, and bring their sheep and their goats and their cows and and farm Greenland for 500 years. you know, with with that with their technology in those days, then obviously you could bring some sheep down to uh, to Antarctica uh, when when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, uh, you go to Australia, get some fucking sheep there, and get a boat and just uh, go south, going south.
1: But you don't even uh, when, um, when civilization collapses. You don't even have to. You know, it's going to cool the waters. I mean. In 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 you know that that paper that James Hansen wrote just recently. Yeah, but, but
0: basically it it won't it won't cool the waters immediately. You know it's a it's an extreme um, uh, self propagating uh, heating process going on already uh, that we can't stop. That's Basically, it's what they discuss all the time. Uh, they they come out with new stories all the time about. Uh, this optimistic scientist thinks that if we stop 100% of of CO2 emissions in 2030, everything will be fine in 2031. Uh, which is, you know, which is just basically just insane because uh, it, it, the the CO2 that we em- emit in 2030 doesn't even get up to the atmosphere in 2031. So you know, it, it's like uh, it takes at least uh, ten, twenty years before nature even notices that we we stopped everything in the thirty. Uh, yeah, it would so, be
1: interesting yeah. because I feel like all the all the science out there right now, all the papers, it's they're all desperately uh, it's about geared towards saving this civilization, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to have some some scientists talk about what would happen if civilization collapses. Of course, that's a, no, that's a taboo subject. You can't talk about that. But it would be interesting to see what would happen with civilization collapse and what would, you know, um, because right now the whole scientific community is wanting to save the civilization. Yeah. So their and papers are all geared for that.
0: And it's really, I think it's really, really disappointing, you know, you and I, everybody has some kind of heroes, you know, and, and you mm-hmm. read their their work, you know, maybe you read uh, David Attenborough or uh, James Hansen and other people that you've looked up to all of your adult uh, activist life and then you read their latest work and it's like, oh, we need to save this uh, global industrial civilization. We need industry, we need Uh, capitalist economies okay so that's what you that's what you got out of uh, getting 90 years old and uh, looking into these things Uh, it's like you know the best criticism from from Derek Jensen and the Deep Green Resistance uh, guys is that the entire uh, eco and climate movement more or less now has gone into being lobbyists for different kinds of industrial projects like windmills (laughs) or uh, solar panels which pollute the the soil and everything. It's just crazy. you know, And that's why I love these uh, Sámi indigenous uh, uh, young people who demonstrated in Oslo for a week and shut down the, the government in Oslo by blocking their entrance and stuff. Because they said that these windmills on our land where our reindeer are eating in the winter, you know, by the coast, these windmills were set up without the concession without allowance from the government. And the Supreme Court of Norway even said one and a half years ago that uh, these are breaking the human rights of the Sami people. So they need to come down, uh, and the the crisis that these uh, these uh, youngsters from the Sami people created has really shown the the stupid face of Norwegian uh, green new deal thinking. You know, because people are saying, "Yeah, but we need to do, to do the uh, the energy shift. We need to do the energy transition. We can't." you can't let this reindeer uh, eat uh, in this area, and we're all going to die in two years if we don't uh, destroy this area for the rain. It just gets crazy. And these these are gigantic uh, windmills. It's like, I don't know, 50 meter high whatever, and uh, bigger than any um, redwood tree at the, at the base. It's like, you know, it's takes like a minute to go around almost <laughs> yeah uh, they're huge delusional
1: thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's all delusional huh? thinking it's all delusional thinking it's it's yeah, like yeah. yeah remember what we talked about earlier we're wired or we're, we're hardwired for this our brains mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and you know i was thinking because it, ever since you know ag- modern agriculture started about seven thousand years ago and, um, and so once we stopped being hunter gatherers, I feel as if maybe we became more delusional because, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a, in a hunter gatherer kind of tribe, you have mm. to think about survival on a daily basis. So you, the people you have, you, you have to be realists. So I, I get the sense that once we beca- we became um, you know we you know so we started storing grains, we became uh, in our gene pool. I I'm I I get the sense that the dilute we became the the gene for delusion became much more uh, you know started showing up a lot more in the gene pool. Um, yeah. While this gene would have probably not sur- you know, survived as much. I mean, we all have to have some kind of delusion to to know that we're going to die because it's we're the only species that's know, that knows it's going to die. So we need that delusion just to, to be able to psychologically survive. But too much delusion has been our problem. And yep. so thinking in civilization, there's just been too much delusion. And that probably helps you know, it's, it's a, it's a gene that gets passed on because it's the more delusion you, you are, the more successful you'll be in our civilization. Um, so, and also psychopathy, you know, like in, in hunter gatherers, it's my understanding that they would, they would have to get rid of, you know, if they saw characteristics of psychopathy, they would have to get rid of it because of that person in it, you know, in, in the kindest way they could, because, that you can't have those kind of people in your in your group because it's survival and it's all about accountability. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but yeah, but, you know, if if it, but maybe if if that psycho goes psycho on a mammoth and and kills uh, kills the mammoth on his own, maybe you keep that psycho.
1: <laughs> That's you, true. You, <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, 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 but psychopathy is a is different to uh ha, to um that's more delu maybe that's more delusion thinking that you're not going to die if you know very courage you know psychopathy is are the people that hoard you know like would be people that Mm. hurt like they don't they they don't yeah but
0: uh, but 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 i actually actually think that that kind of uh, hurting hoarding psychopathy it's more like a consequence, a direct consequence of agriculture and society. Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't. Because, because, sorry, because I, it's I, it's, I, it's, I, a, it's a, it's a it's, yeah. a
1: pra- it's a
0: it's a practical uh, physical thing about uh, hunting societies that right. Uh, the, if if you if you if you take down a fucking mammoth, which has uh, like thousand kilos of, of meat. Uh, you and your friends want to eat that, eat that mammoth up and have a mammoth festival for four days, you right, know beca- right. Because there's, there's no way to preserve it because you don't have refrigerators in the, in the in the Stone Age, right? So, but it's more like because this uh, the only practical thing to do when you when you kill this mammoth is to let everybody and even uh, even the neighbors, you know, ten kilometers to the east. Uh, Come and eat, you know, because yeah. that's practical. Because you have all these meat suddenly, and, and you know, uh, while while in um, Mesopotamia or whatever, it's more like you have this uh, grain stored uh, over the winter. That is sort of the, the the definition of civilization that you store grain over the winter, uh, and and the, some people maybe want to steal from it and hoard for for their uh, family and stuff. Uh, so, so that's kind of a situational um, kind of psychopathy because because you have the uh, ability to, to, to steal and hoard and sneak and stuff. Then you do it, or some people do it, right? Uh, and, and those people are awarded by having more kids because they are so selfish and egotistical yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh
1: yeah no definitely um, no this is really interesting Torstein, i've i've got to get going but uh it's been really interesting and i look forward to our next chat
0: yeah and uh, i also hope that uh, we have more people to to chime in uh yeah. the next time i will certainly try to try to get more people from the different uh, uh, apps and things on the internet, and yeah. um, go more into these uh, psychological things, which I think you you brought brought in uh, as a, um, as an uh, additional uh, vector to, to look at. Uh, and, yeah, I, w- I would like... I would like to go a little bit more into the the climate stuff itself. Also, uh, we're, going yeah. into a very, we're going into a very interesting uh, summer and autumn uh, in in the Arctic, and we have El Nino coming up, and it's it's going to be action for the guys who, who like the, that kind of stuff. Uh, can so, please
1: it, it, do a huge yeah. favor, Torstein. I know, I know you yeah. were uh, you 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 were kind of uh, feeling uncomfortable with what's, what's happening. But if you could check out the, um, there's this, there are icebergs melting from Antarctica, which could, yeah. which could leave us in another La Nina. We're officially out of La Nina right now, but we could go back mm-hmm. into a La Nina, but there is something happening in with the ice inertia in Antarctica. Um, it'd be, mm-hmm. I know, cause I don't look at satellites the way you do, but it would be be very interesting if you check that out.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. That's no. a very good suggestion. Uh, we could uh, we could definitely uh, delve more into that uh, over the course of uh, March and April, I think. Uh, yeah. I would I would read up on that.
1: Well, Thank no, you. it could be happening if you if you could if you could check out Chris Van Steenbergen on on Twitter right now, he says that we, sh- we could probably know something by the end of, I think he said by the end of this month, um, the, the cooling, yeah. if, if if it's going to affect, um, but yeah, check out his tweets. I just don't have the technical know-how that you have in looking at all the satellite stuff, you know?
0: Well, I'm, ki- I'm kind of a happy amateur, uh, but I, I do, I must admit, I do like, I do like checking those things. And uh, <laughs> I do. I do I like,
1: I, I li- I like. I like. I like to be told what's. I like to be given the summary. You know. I think it's. I, yeah. it could be,
0: yeah. <laughs> I like. Uh, I like being able to have numbers on things. Uh, you know, to, to track a development from. You know, from from this year to this year and stuff. Um, you know, because then you have some kind of handle on it. Otherwise, it's just like a a big huge soup or porridge or something and and there's really no way of telling, yeah. But okay, uh, thank you out. for coming, and uh, I will totally go into those things. And um, I think we have a lot of interesting and exciting things coming up. And uh, also, uh, also, would like to go into the optimism thing that you mentioned. You know, the the, the doomer optimist kind of thing, because
1: yeah. there is oh, really
0: yeah. there is really big good things to look forward to, even though everything is collapsing so if you don't believe me check out next uh, week and the next coming shows and we will go more into the the reasons to be happy because it's collapsing
1: yeah oh for sure for sure thank you so much for inviting me torstein it's been fun bye. i'll look you to the next one take care bye bye
0: bye take care everybody.